0: Welcome to the Elite Executive Podcast, your number one resource for all things executive health, so you can thrive at the office, at home, and in the gym. It's my mission to educate you on how to sleep better, stress less, and maximize your productivity by taking control of your health. I'm your host, Oren McCurry. Let's start your journey to optimal performance right now. Enjoy the show. Welcome to today's episode of the Elite Executive Podcast with your host Ora McCary, and today I am lucky enough to have access to an interview that I did back in February with Caroline Milne. Now you'll recognise Caroline if you're a regular listener because she was on episode number nine where I was interviewing her, and she has gratefully give us the recording from the interview back in February. So, without further ado, let's dive into me being interviewed today for the Health Hacks Podcast. <laughs>
1: Hello, today on the podcast I'm joined by Oren McCory. Oren is an online coach based in Perth, Australia and he specializes in helping busy professionals feel strong and lean without compromising their lifestyle. He heads his coaching team, is a podcast host himself and has a wealth of expertise in the fitness space. You very much walked the walk, haven't you? And you're a you're a father of two, so you're busy not just um, in your professional role but in your personal life uh, as well. Just to put this into a bit of context, uh, we're going to be diving into the topic of the evolution of health and wellness in your 30s and 40s, and I'm sure we'll extend this uh, beyond. But there's something a bit poetic about this episode, and I actually don't know if you know this, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put it past you first. <laughs> When I started my fitness journey, 18, fresh, rocking up to Glasgow to uni uh, in, in Glasgow, the very first gym that I ever joined, Pure Gym, Bath Street, oh, you wow. were one of the personal trainers there. And I will say now, the epitome of professional, always well put together, always looked like he knew what he was doing, so much so that I was too scared to sign up. So what I used to do (laughs) was go into that gym, run on the treadmill, try and do a 10K and leave. But you were one of the PTs in that gym when I was 18. And now in our 30s, through circumstance and complete coincidence, we've run into each other again through business network. And I just thought it was it was interesting because today we're going to be talking about essentially fitness maturity and how things change and develop across the across the decades. And actually, you've been present in in my fitness journey from the (laughs) the beginning and now we meet again. So, hi, how are you? Um, uh, Can we do a short introduction into into you, your background and the clients that you help and change the lives of um, present day?
0: Yeah, sure. So. I I've been kind of a nomad in the, in, in the world since, since uni. So originally from Ireland, if you draw a line between Belfast and Dublin, I'm somewhere in the middle, pretty much like an R in between each, um, on the motorway. I went to uni to study sports science in, uh, 2006, graduated 2009. And then I've been coaching since 2010 and from there, then obviously did my three years in Liverpool, went back home, met a girl, sort of half settled down, broke up, then moved to Glasgow, where obviously you would have seen me work in a pure gym. um that was kind of born out of um I had a really, really good reputation in a very small pond, and the business was gonna go two ways. I wrote a business plan to do a hundred k plus per year by getting a bigger facility kitting it out doing like what is essentially now known as a crossfit box but not really like a crossfit style box um or do i move somewhere else so i was going to move to london uh i was drawn in by the lights and the whole uh big city vibes and somebody convinced me to go to glasgow lee kiley uh, in pure gym said i can get you a job here why would you go to london anyway like just come up to the scottish london essentially um and he convinced me to go um was there for four Lovely years had a incredible business in Bath Street. There was busy, but also like able to pick my own hours. Uh, met my wife there. She uh, she was a member of Pure Gym, and I noticed her around a lot training, and she was coming to all my classes. And I thought this is kind of kind of funny. Um, and turns out she'd find out who I was. She checked me out on Facebook from my. my Pure gym profile, and she found out I was single, and then I just started talking to her one day, and then the rest is history. We got uh, we got married in 2017, which caused another big move because when we came back from our honeymoon, we went to Dubai and in the Maldives, and the weather that summer was so bad that she said, "Right, I'm she's a dentist, so she says I'm I'm going to take us to Australia. I'm going to get a visa. We're going to go." And I said, "Okay, I'm coming for the ride." So we've been here five years. We've had two kids. Uh, We've got our citizenship last year and business is pretty good. So that's the synopsis. Um, I've kind of had to be very good at what I do every time I move because you move to somewhere new with no reputation. You build a solid business and then suddenly it it essentially goes tits up where you've got to restart again. So I've had to be uh, pretty good at not only what I do with clients, but also engaging in the business side and actually showcasing that i guess and i've had to build reputations from scratch pretty much every three or four years until we settled in perth here
1: yeah i love that firstly congratulations to both of you you have had such a a whirlwind (laughs) i think it's one of these things you've now had a decade in in the fitness space essentially and this idea of reinvention and and rejuvenation essentially building on your 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 skills every single time and improving, improving, improving. I suppose it's what we we hope for our clients as well as it's never plain sailing is it all the time we have to adapt and we have to, we have to change and you've done exactly that. And the client base you have now, who do you essentially, who do you work with mostly?
0: So there's kind of two arms to the business. I've always been like a body transformation coach. Anyone who wants to get healthy, wants to get fit, you know, photo shoots, that at one stage I was putting people on stage as well. Um, but over the years I've always sort of wondered, like, what's it like to coach executives? And I I recently pieced it together where I've been coaching executives for essentially 10 years. I've just not thought of them as businessmen or women. I just thought of them as, you know, a fat loss client. And then I realized, hang on, I've actually I've had these conversations with executives before. I've had to work around their busy schedules. I've had to work out what to do when they travel. And I realized that I actually that's one piece that I love yes body transformation is a piece of it but the whole executive health in terms of how they sleep how stressed they are how they're fitting everything into their day because they're going to have a family they're going to have personal goals in terms of health fitness hobbies learning languages whatever your big personal goals are and then you're going to have your professional goals where either you've reached the peak and you're saying right I'm here everyone else sort of bow to me for lack of a better term like I'm going to stay at the top of this mountain here or you're climbing the mountain and you want everything you do to sort of propel you further up. So um, I work with predominantly males in that that space now. And I do have my team who manage the normal body transformations as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I love what you said. And I think there's something that we can a lot of the listeners that we listen to to this recording will be busy predominantly females busy females in professional roles where they do have those demands everything that you just listed there that's a consideration travel sleep stress family life social commitments drinks after work all of the things that I would argue make up real life and they're real considerations in in people's lives and I think it was interesting, the, the sort of the dynamic you struck there around personal goals versus what could be seen as these barriers. You know, how do you practically juggle getting a good night's sleep and making sure that you're well rested for that meeting tomorrow versus working towards your own goals that you want to set yourself, whether they be aesthetic, whether they be health driven. What is the dynamic there and why do people struggle so much with this?
0: Well, I guess there's no right answer, I guess, to use the cliche answer everyone's going to hate me for is it depends, right? But for most people, and I'm speaking majority from a male executive standpoint here, a lot of it's probably just down to time management. And I I imagine that it would transfer over regardless of, of gender, that you've got so much to do in the day, but it's not just what you do when you hit the office desk. It's how you set up from the minute your alarm goes off in the morning to the minute your head hits the pillow, right? That's your whole day. That's that's your, your window. And most people will have the same wake time, the same bedtime. We've all got the same 24 hours in the day, but it's what you do with that and how you plan your day and where you piece it together. And let's face it, these people are going to be very, very successful. Like they know how to do their job very, very well, or they wouldn't be where they are, right? So they know how to do that piece really well. They know how to manage their time. They know how to manage their energy at work. They know... Like were to place the emphasis on their time, like the most important tasks, but then you look at the maybe four or five hours before they get into work in the morning and then the four or five hours after they finish, and for lack of a better word again it's it's a shit show right, like they don't plan it, they don't think of it, they just sort of wing it as they go, and they might have a little bit of structure in certain areas, like maybe they do the kids' lunch boxes or maybe they have you know a set routine for their time in the gym, but outside of that it's kind of It's kind of a guessing game. Like they're just literally throwing everything at the wall and hoping that it sticks and everything stays together, but they expect to perform at a high level. So for me, like, that's what I've noticed that it's, it's a lot of, it's a time management issue for a lot of people. And once you can nail that component, then they've got more time to train. They've got more time to prep food. They've got more time for hobbies. They've got more time for, for work, or they're even more productive at work. Once you nail that first key component from the minute they wake up in the morning, That gap before work, and then from the minute they get home till their head hits the pillow again.
1: I love this, and I know from my background. Sometimes we can present a completely different way at work than we do at home. I think we can all relate to that. And I love what you're saying there—that actually you can be a set person from, say, nine to to six to seven, eight, whenever you may be in the office, and you come home, and for some reason the same skills or the same drive or the same a uh, discipline is completely lost. So with that being said, what can people practically do? You you place a lot of emphasis there on like the morning, the first few hours of the day. Where are people dropping the ball? What's happening within their home life that they're just not able to carry to carry these essentially these skills through? You mentioned time management, but is it just that we don't have enough energy? Is it that we use it all at work? Why is it not transferring to our home life? do you think
0: well okay there's a few potential ways we can go here, like maybe the energy is so poor because you're working so late at night, like for example it's seven twenty two this is now this is a strict rule I've recently put in place to try to help my sleep, but seven o'clock is always going to be my last call, regardless of if somebody is like if I'm going to sign up a corporate client for a million dollars, it still have to fit in my time schedule, right? Like this is this is the rule that I'm now looking after myself. And I think if your energy is very poor and you can't get up in the morning, you need to look at that back end of the day. But also then, what happens whenever you do get a, an okay night's sleep and your alarm goes off? Because for most people, and this is this is like, this has been quite a, a thing. Maybe it's just for the people I follow, but. It's the thought that that's your first battle of the day when your alarm clock goes off, five o'clock alarm. You told yourself last night that you set in that alarm. You set it for a reason, right? It's because you probably said you're going to go to that class. You're going to go to the gym. You're going to get up and cook some food. Or even if that's a productive window for you to get that magic work done before anyone else wakes and you can get your biggest tasks done in that one to two hours before the kids wake up, you've set your alarm for that reason, right? But then the, the snooze button goes or the alarm goes, The snooze button's on there as a tempting option, and you can easily just turn it off for what, an extra five, 10 minutes of poor quality sleep. And that's essentially the first battle. And if you hit that snooze button and you've told yourself you're going to get up, you're one, breaking a promise to yourself, but you're also telling yourself that that thing that was important can wait, whether it is your work, whether it is your gym and your health, whether it is that you need to do something for the kids to get them ready for school or whatever the reason for that alarm is, you're telling that that hopes and that dreams and that future that it's not important enough and you're just going to get 10 to 15 minutes of really really shit quality sleep in place of chasing after your dreams Mm
1: -hmm. so that morning window do you firmly believe that that is the time that golden opportunity in the morning do you feel that that is one of the things that as a high performer you can do to set the tone for the day
0: i think for most people they need to find that sweet spot like lots of people say you got to be in the 5 a.m. club, right? Elon Musk wakes up at seven or eight o'clock, like that's just his routine and he's like the richest man in the world, right? So it's not necessarily that that time, but he knows that that's probably the sweet spot for him to wake up, right? Some people work all through the night and then they'll sleep through the day or they'll find the quiet time to work at night whenever the kids go to bed at nine, nine to midnight. It's the same as that five to five to seven window I'm talking about, but for most people, when they start their day with some movement, I think they're going to feel better. So for me, a good morning routine will involve waking up on your first alarm, not giving in to that, that urge to stay in bed and say, you know, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to get some less quality sleep. Apologies if you're not allowed to curse on here. Okay. Um, um, so if you say like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to sleep a little bit longer, like you're putting yourself on the back foot. And then for me, I think most people they wake up, they go to the coffee machine first thing in the morning to get fake energy rather than maybe, you know, rehydrating. The body's going to lose so much water and electrolytes through the night and they're going for the coffee to further push them into that dehydrated state. I think start in, in the morning, you wake up, you, if you if it's a work reason for getting up, you get up, you, you hydrate, you get into that task straight away. If it's uh movement reason and you know that that's your time to move get up do a little bit of movement get in the car go to the gym get on your way whatever it is but i think that's just such a magic time where you know if you wake up at five the likelihood is your kids are going to sleep till you know 6 37 depending on what age they are maybe a little bit later if they're in their teens i don't know um hard to get them out of bed i imagine at times but like that's that window where nobody else is up like you can get everything you need to do done and like if it is a work task, you could get your most productive work done in that two hours. So you've less to do during the day, which means that even if you like training in the evening, if you get those two hours and you dial in on the work, you can clock out of the office at four o'clock or whatever, knowing that you've had a really, really productive day. And you can go to the gym before it gets busy with that post gym rush, get home and see the family at six o'clock, have some dinner, chill out a bit, right? Because you've been so productive during the day. So I think whether it's to move, whether it's to train or whether it's to move and train or whether it's to work like that's a pretty magic time for most people but to do that as well you've also got to get to bed on time right so there's there's a lot to think about and it does depend on the person what way you're wired in terms of circadian rhythm but there's going to be these pockets of productivity in the day and like I said it might be nine o'clock to midnight where that's the sweet spot for them to do their best work and get ahead of the next day but then you've got to make sure you're getting enough sleep and you're not just still waking up at five after working to 12 because then your energy is going to be shit you're going to be less productive in work your focus is going to be terrible and probably your decision making is going to be off and for any of the high performer women listen to this those are three things that you're going to need you know to get get through your work then and and, you know be as productive as possible
1: yeah absolutely i love everything that you've um that you've said and i've replaced my morning coffee with athletic greens actually oh nice i'm trying to like caffeine a little bit later into the morning because i think one of the things that you um that you're the kind of theme that's jumping out to me here is that there's no right way to do this there's no right or wrong there's some principles that we definitely advise our clients follow but there's definitely a degree of personalization and an adaptability with this it's going to depend on you as an individual and your lifestyle your preferences are huge you can't, I don't think we can negate that some people just work better at, at certain times of the day than others. And my rule of thumb with my clients is always play to your strengths with this. Someone might be a a 5 a.m. riser and that might work really, really well for you. Amazing. If not, though, that doesn't make you a bad person. It doesn't make you a failure. (laughs) It just means that we need to find your version of of what productivity or having energy means. And I think people don't spend enough time observing their natural rhythm of a day.
0: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: And you'll know what I mean by that. I'm sure you have points in the day where you feel your energy is naturally at peak, and those other times when perhaps we need that little, we need that little boost. And we've got lots of strategies that we can put in place to to help that. I like to put my training at a time of day when I actually know I tend to have a slump.
0: Yeah, yeah, it right. You out
1: immediately. Yeah, sure. Um, I always time my dog walks around the the afternoon slump, exactly for that reason. Um, another thing that you discussed there was working around family life. Now. Back in pure gym, Bath Street, when you were fresh faced and on the <laughs> on the gym floor and didn't have the responsibility of um of family life. Um training and routine must have looked quite different for you. Yeah. You've obviously had to adopt things and things have changed as you have matured, not only as as a person, but also in in terms of business and your own training. Talk me through how your attitude really has changed in regards to health and fitness from you know early 20s now to to where you are
0: yeah well i guess i've always been very big into the physique development the bodybuilding side and even now like i still like i'm not going to be doing amrap workouts like a crossfit style workout i like to lift relatively heavy relatively frequently and i've tried other styles of training and they just don't sit well with me but Within that, the the goal was always, you know, how can I go from where I was to the biggest, strongest, leanest, most jacked version, and how can I get all the eyeballs in the gym looking at me? Cause I know I'll be looking really I'll I'll feel really good if I look really good and if people notice, then that'll make me feel even better, right? It was more like I guess selfish. It's still a selfish thing. You have to be selfish, I think, in the fitness world. But it was more of a aesthetic goal of i want to be the one that turns the heads in the gym the one that stands out the one that you know people see and like oh he's in pretty good shape you know um but that's that's not the case anymore like it's i don't know whether it's just been a natural evolution into dad life but basically what i want to do is not get caught up in the let's add as much muscle and get sloppy and. You know, I've I've went from being 88 kilos pretty lean to 105 kilos and okay leanness, like I wasn't really, really fat, but I, I've played that game of bulk cut, bulk cut, trying to be the biggest, strongest person in the gym. Whereas now what I rather do is stay within a sort of marker where, yeah, I'm not shredded all year round. I'm not, the biggest year round but I feel healthy I feel fit I feel lean I feel like I can go to the beach regardless of the time of year and take my top off and not really worry and nearly it might sound a bit big-headed but feel as as if people are looking at me as well like oh that guy's in good shape you know like you know that feeling when you feel like you feel really good you're like oh these people must notice this if I'm in right whether it's it's not my peak it's far from my peak but it's still probably the leanest, the healthiest that I've been year round. And that's been the biggest thing is not to get caught up in the whole do it at every single cost. It's about looking good, feeling good. And most importantly, like in my own skin, knowing that I I am being the best version of me really and the most consistent version of me. Okay.
1: And does that come from a shift in family values? Has that knock on effect uh, happened because of a shift in personal values?
0: For sure. And to, to tell you a bit of a story, like, so I, I competed in the men's physique division, like when I was in Glasgow, so maybe 20, 2014 or 2015, I think. Um, And then I went away from it. I just sort of did photo shoots here and there. Like, I did a photo shoot before the wedding because I obviously dieted for my, my wedding and honeymoon. Um, And then I came to Australia and I kind of, um didn't do anything for about a year. And while we were here, uh, we were still on a two-year visa. And we just decided, all right, let's see if we can have a baby and let's see everything. So um Evie was born in July 2019, about a year and a half after we moved over here. Um but around the time she was about six months, you know, everything was good, the sleep was getting better. I noticed a trainer back in Scotland actually who had done a photo shoot again. And I hadn't done a photo shoot now since the wedding. I was re- reusing the same pictures for marketing. And remember, I was still doing a big uh, body transformation push, and maybe trying to get you know competition photo shoot clients on board at the time. And I said, you know what? He's using all these new photos from this shoot he did two two months ago, and he looks fantastic. Like let let me do another shoot. Um, and the story I'm going to tell is I remember being close to the end, and the last sort of five six weeks, I started to struggle cardio was up high. I was doing like thirty to an hour of cardio per day, every day, plus my weights, plus being in a deficit. Um the deficit alone in terms of the food probably wouldn't have done it, but it was just the amount of activity. I just felt tired all the time. And I remember um living in the house we're in now and we went down to a park and it's down like a few big hills. And I can remember sitting in the park and Evie was just walking around. She learned to walk pretty early and she was like kicking a ball around. I was with my wife. And I was just sitting on the grass and I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't really do anything. I was like, this is, this is pretty cool. Like we're sitting here in the sun in the park in Australia. It was probably, you know, getting nice weather spring. And I just, just like, I did a little bit, but I was like, you're going to have to carry the torch here, Esther. Like I, I I, need to see my energy for getting back up these hills. Cause I'm just done. And that's when I was kind of like, yeah, I finished the shoot, obviously, like there was another four or five weeks. I just kept going and plotted through because I said I was going to do it. But after that, I was like, I never want to sacrifice family or work in this pursuit of physique. But also then that the physique goal, like you don't want your physique to suffer because you're pushing work hard. I, like you just don't want you know, all three can live harmoniously. And that's what I tried to then go and do. And I guess, like to answer your question, it probably was down to that shift in family values, especially in recent years. But also, there's there's always better ways to do it, right? And just because I was entrenched in the bodybuilding world of bulk to get as much muscle on as possible, you can always pull it off. Muscle is a hard process. Just get it all on, pull it off. Like, I probably didn't feel really good when I was doing that, but I was ignoring my body because it was the right thing to do and then i've realized hang on there's always an op- there's always a better way to do things there's always a better way for you as a person you just need to find that and yes align them with your values because if you align if you line it with your values now basically my training will never like interfere with family time my training's always at specific times of the day so i can have my time with the family my my diet's designed in a way right now that's easy to follow without you know be doing too much meal prep or anything i'm not tracking macros for example i'm just eating healthy and mm-hmm. yeah it's sort of graduated to that over over the years probably from being quite extreme but also then the shift in values and realizing that you don't need to do extreme things to get really great results right mm-hmm.
1: i love this I, you're describing there the kind of the elusive balance, I think that we're all, all we all crave really. And that actually is, you might be able to relate to this. I find that balance, that middle ground, the gray area in the middle, harder to achieve long-term than the extremities that we've probably been used to. Because when you know, I have X amount of cardio to do per day. These are my calories. This is exactly what I eat every single day. Once you've got that in your head and you've almost made peace with that, I always found that it's not easy by any means, but there's no decision-making there because you've told yourself you would do that. Yeah. Whereas I feel the life that we can probably both relate to now, I do not have kids, so I, I don't know how you do everything that you do. Um, you and your wife, I just, as a team, I just have so much respect for having the two girls, particularly at the young age that they are. Um, you mentioned sleep getting a little bit better. That's my <laughs> worst nightmare. Sleep. Um, but I think sometimes this balance in this middle ground is so much, so much harder harder and yet it is ultimately the thing that we all that we all want on the podcast and when I'm, I'm talking with clients I always try and bring a very practical approach to what we do and I'm sure people will be wondering when you were talking about training there and about diet and you said, you know, I don't track calories anymore. I, I train, but only at set times. What does it actually look like now? So what does your training involve? Is it, is it shorter sessions? Is it workouts at home? Do you try and fit it around the girls with your diet? Do you eat the same thing every day? How does it actually work to save you time and effectively energy so that you can spend that in other areas?
0: Yeah, so I guess as well, but the same thing, um, the training for me has to be something I enjoy. That's why I went back to more of a bodybuilding theme because I was going for short 40-minute workouts, like a lot of supersets, a lot of nearly athletic style training nearly. And it just, it was good. It was very good training and very, very effective for its goal. But I kind of just wanted to go back to, you know, lifting the way I used to lift and what felt good for my body. um. So I had to do that first, put the enjoyment factor back in and like take myself out of that scenario. Not that the trainer was bad. I did have a coach and he was fantastic, absolutely unreal guy, but just the trainer wasn't like mentally wasn't doing it for me so much. I like to do similar movements. I like to keep it easy, Uh, not easy, but I like to take, I mean, the sessions are easy to plan where I don't need huge rest period. When I was training for photo shoots, I would be pushing as heavy as possible always overloading and the goal is still to lift as heavy as I can but not need as much rest if I had done a mad absolute huge set you're going to need two three four minutes rest you know and that just eats into the rest of your day so I find like with the way I'm training now I'm always pushing things but after about 40 to 60 seconds I'm probably good to go so I keep the weight a little bit lighter push it maybe with slightly higher reps in the sort of 10 to 15 range a lot of the time, um, and I'm normally recovered within 60 seconds, so I can go again. So I can get, you know, in 15 minutes, I can probably do six to six to 10 sets, and I can do a full workout in like I, I was in and out of the the gym in 30 minutes the other day, and I felt like I had a good pump of my chest and shoulders. Um, so in terms of the weights, that's kind of where I've graduated to, where I'm just sort of doing things that I enjoy. I'm pushing lower like uh, it's not a super long workout it's never anything more than an hour and um, even though it is based around physique development and looking at my best it's still short sharp and effective um because also at my office is in a gym now right now we're recording this i'm at home in the home office but my office is in a gym so when you've done a morning of calls, you're talking to clients you're talking to new prospects you're doing marketing you're talking to your team sometimes it got to nine in the morning i was like I Honestly, can't be bothered training like because even though I was in the same building, I've been in that environment all day, right? So, uh, when I've been pushing like marketing side or the business side, sometimes I didn't train, so I had to find that sweet spot where I wanted to train, it was enjoyable and make sure that it was short and effective. So, I knew, right, I can if, if, even if I get caught up doing something, I'm recording videos or I have to phone a client, I'm a normal nine o'clock window that I'm meant to train gets pushed back to 9.15, 9.30, I can still get it done and still be out of the office and on my way back here to the house to see the family or whatever by 10.30 because I know that hang on, I can just maneuver left or right to make sure that it fits in, right? And that's where most people struggle is they try to make this perfect workout where it's the right amount of volume, it's the right amount of weight, it's the right, right RPE on the scale. All these are fantastic things. But if you're trying to chase the perfect workout and it's causing you stress or anxiety or you're just not going to do it because you you don't have time, like, is it really going to be that productive versus something, you know, you can stick to and, you know, you can do and actually something you enjoy as well. It gets you excited, you know?
1: Yeah. So there's an enjoyment factor. We don't need to overthink our workouts. Keep the basics in there. Work hard when you're there but don't essentially end yourself. So work super, super hard, work progressively, but not to the detriment of of the next set. Essentially what we're talking about here is getting as much as possible into as short a window as possible.
0: Sure, sure. And And if someone's
1: listening to this, sorry, on you go. No, go ahead. I was going to ask if someone's listening to this and they're thinking, right, all that is great. What's the minimum effective dose when it comes to number of sessions per week? How little can I get away with over the span of the week?
0: damn well you know how how long is a piece of string really like you know everyone's going to be different in terms of what they can put in like a workout for somebody like it could be that somebody coming in all they need to do is focus on their nutrition and their steps and that's all they need to do so them getting out for a 15 minute walk or walking to the water cooler or taking the stirs that could be enough activity for them to start dropping body fat start to feel better alongside the nutrition piece that obviously you or me would program for them so that could be enough it depends on well what time have you got how much do you like to train and like what i guess as well like what's your training age and you know are you have you been doing marathons and crossfit for 10 years and it's going to take probably a lot of like training to maintain what you've been doing in terms of fitness and if you're trying to still lose fat and you've been training a million hours a week you can't just drop down to doing you know, three 30 minute workouts. But if you're coming from doing nothing and you're a couch warrior and you know you've been promising yourself you're going to do this for so long, you coming in and you tracking your steps, you doing your nutrition and you doing even three, even two 30 minute workouts per week, provided that you're getting, it's short, it's sharp, it's effective, it's the right amount of work and not just a, you know, a little flight around the gym sort of thing. Like that can be enough, right? And it just, it is person dependent, which isn't the sexy answer, but Like it's basically like, and that's what what we as coaches will do so well. We meet the person where they're at. There's no perfect answer here. Like somebody comes in to join a program like ours and you've got an incredible business. You're an incredible coach. So I know you'll be the same. You meet them where you're at. You don't, you don't make something that's unrealistic. You make something that's matched around their time, their energy, their family, which is going to be huge for a lot of these ladies that you you're going to be coaching. Like that's going to be huge components. And even for for the dads and for for their partners and for the other guys, if the guys listen to this, like that's all important as well. And you've got to get a coach. You got to get somebody in your corner who's going to match where you're starting, where you want to get to, and do it in a way that actually is sustainable, so that you get there. And it's not been a radical overhaul. It's been a solid six to 12 months of coaching or whatever time period. And it's been the right amount of stimulus to get you where you want to go while still allowing you. And was what I was going to say before, like a lot of these people will do a workout and they'll need to be back in the office. You know, they might train at lunchtime. They might train right before work. You can't do a, a set that, to use your own words, is going to end you and then go to office and expect to be performing at your best. It's meant to energize you with training. It's not meant to put you, put you to sleep, right? So You've got to find that balance. And that's where, to be honest, I know it sounds like a shameless plug as two coaches, but that's where coaching comes in really handy because it is tailored to you. There's no real guesswork.
1: Mm -hmm. There's all, because I think people always have that misconception of how much can I possibly do? And I always say this to ladies, that I want you to enjoy this, not in three weeks, but I want you to enjoy this in three months. I want you to enjoy this at the end of the year. And very often it's that whole, you know, that tortoise and the hare fable. Very often people will sprint out of the box Crash and burn further down the line. Sometimes I'm mindful that I might feel like I'm putting the brakes on you slightly, but it's because I want you to pace yourself. And I love what you said about we'll meet you, um, you know, at what's relevant for you. For me, my clients will be familiar with me talking about progressive overload and always trying to 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 increase, always trying to nudge, always trying to push in that direction, in a trajectory facing forward and move, always having that momentum, but as long as you did more than you did last week sure that's what i'm interested in it's not what sarah or jane or brenda's up to i'm interested in what you did last week versus what you did today and when it comes to diet just to touch on that briefly do you try and keep that as as similar as possible across the day across the week
0: so yeah um So, to clear up, like, there is a place for calorie count. And I think everyone needs to go through this. I had a conversation with a guy who signed up yesterday. And yes, you still need the calorie count. But, like, and it's not intuitive eating in in the sense that, you know, just eat whatever you want. And, you know, if you get fatter or lazier or it's impacting your energy, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's like you have to calorie track to know what's in the food first, right? You're going to know by prepping it, like what 200 grams of chicken breast looks like or. You know, a female might not need that amount in, in one portion. It might be 150 grams of cooked chicken breast or 100 grams or 50 grams of carbs from sweet potato or rice or whatever it is. You're going to learn what's in all these different foods, which is going to help you one, guesstimate what you're at work you're eating if you've got to eat, if you've got business dinners. But also, then it kind of equips you with how, hang on, actually, I didn't realize that avocado had that amount of fats. I thought it was just. Like I could eat a full avocado and still be in my fats, right? It it teaches because you healthy. things. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And it's like anything. If you don't know what's in it, how are you gonna be able to? Like, if you haven't learned what's in it by tracking it, you're not gonna be able to go like the route that I'm about to talk about. But the way I used to the prep, I'm, I'm like a, I'm like maybe it's coming from like the bodybuilding physique development stage. I would basically just eat the same thing nearly every day, and I would. I I would plan it once. If you if you were my coach and you told me to eat two hundred grams of protein, four hundred grams of carbs, and sixty grams of fat, I get the macros. I sit and plan it, and that's me. Like I'll I'll work at every single meal and I'll just eat it until you change the macros. You drop it to three hundred the next week, right? Cool. What do I need to change to shave off hundred grams of carbs, and that's all I do. I don't do the. I never really did the macro tracking on the fly where I need to eat salmon tonight because i had steak last night or something like that, you know. But the actual... I'm
1: so sorry. Oh, good. I am so... That's my Amazon delivery. I am so
0: sorry.
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh,
0: That good. wasn't
1: even for me
0: i wasn't sure whether you wanted me to continue i was like let's just keep talking and i'll okay, take your I lead
1: can honestly i can <laughs> shut up I'm So professional sorry okay macros
0: um okay let me see where um yeah you can probably clip it together so i'll just start where wherever i can remember remember
1: i'm so sorry
0: all good all good um so you have to you have to track food for a period to know what's in it, and then once you know what's in it, you can then start to just eyeball things. Not not not. I you have to be very very clued up, obviously, to do it. But you know what's in the food. You know what foods energize you. You know what foods you should be eating and what you should foods should be avoiding, and then you can sort of just eat for more health. And you know, you still might then like for example, I might decide. I wonder if my protein's actually adequate at the minute. I'll go and then I'll do what I said where I'll say, I think I should be having these macros. Let me see if I'm where I'm at or I think I'm eating these macros. Let me double check by putting it into my fitness pal or chronometer or whatever, whatever app it is. And then you do like a, a, a test to see, right? But basically what I'm doing is eating for what suits me and the business. So right now, just like literally the past month, I've started to fast, not because there's any magic in fasting, but just when I don't have to think about eating, I'm productive. And I work first thing in the morning from I'm at my desk at six in the office. I'll train mid-morning. So I've got like three or so hours because of the different, Australia's a bit of a time zone. It's hard to get America, kind of hard to get Europe. So it's kind of like you've got you've to gotta work when you need to. So I'll do like three hours of work and I feel really productive. I'll still train fasted because I still feel good. I still feel energized. I'm not thinking about food. And then I'll I'll break the fast whenever I feel appropriate. It's not like I need to get the X amount of hours for certain windows. I just feel really good when I'm not focused on food. And I'll basically have a heap of chicken done up on the barbecue, really simple, but really like really well seasoned and really nicely cooked. And I'll have a heap of salad with it. I'll decide what I want to have. I might have a heap of avocado one day, throw some nuts in the next, lots of carrot, tomatoes, uh, peppers, you know, what, whatever it is. And then I have a, a big uh smoothie and I'll have it depending on when I feel I need it in the day, depending on what I've got on that day. And I just have like whey protein with some oats and berries and peanut butter and creatine. And that's me pretty much sorted like three meals. And it means I can be productive. I'm not thinking about food and I'm I'm trying to just make healthy choices with it. And I think that's where like executives probably get a bit bogged down with you know uh it has to be perfect and i've got to track all these macros but even like the precision nutrition you know the fist the hand guidelines that they put out where it's like a fist of protein because obviously your hand's going to be subjected to your size so if you've got a smaller fist then you're going to have smaller protein right so um even something like that starting off where it's like a guideline of oh hang on let me just put my hand over my food yep, that's about a fist worth of protein. That's about an open palms worth of carbs or whatever the guidelines is. Things like that can be really good. And I think you don't necessarily have to overly track if it's not where you want to be. Like some guys, it's great. I had a guy, he's dropped 10 kilos in eight weeks because he really needed to, but he made a lot of lifestyle changes. But it was a struggle for him for that first week to learn how to do everything. But look at the result. He's now 10 kilos down in eight weeks. And then we can progress to more loose training or move his calories up. Like for something extreme like that, or if you want to go on a bodybuilding stage, do a photo shoot, you need to get extreme. You need to track pretty much everything that goes into your body. But in my experience from normal people and high performers, you need to find what works for you. And it has to be, it has to not cause any anxiety and something you can actually stick to the entire year round i can see myself doing this diet for the whole year now i wouldn't have said that a year ago i would have been like how can people fast to midday whenever like i'm starving at six o'clock i need to eat as soon as i wake up but it's just a mindset thing and i've just found i feel feel great at it right now and once you find something like that i guess you just got to double down it and then get really good at it and that's where like if you were coaching me you could then say right okay yeah that's great that sounds great but could we maybe just track that protein just to double check that the two scoops of protein plus whatever chicken you're having is enough for your full day. And it's like, great, I still get control over my my chicken and my whey my shake. But you're just then like filling in the variables and you're just saying, this is great because it's sustainable. Let's just make sure you're ticking all these boxes and you're kind of just shifting me left or right rather than saying, no, you've got to track every gram. Because like if, if you try to do that for me right now, I probably wouldn't buy into it. So, some people will buy in, some people won't, right? And I don't know if that really answers your question, but that's kind of just what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: the reason I'm nodding my head and I'm grinning so much is you are literally we are completely on the same page when it comes to coaching styles first and foremost one of the first things that I ask ladies to do is to design their plates using their the hand method yeah, because nice. let's let's call a spade a spade and let's be realistic you will not always be able to pick up your phone and scan a barcode sure. you're going to be out for dinner someone's going to make dinner for you you're going to be at a work lunch they're going to provide the food you will not have that opportunity and for me I think what you're describing there is this really nice balance between principles and a framework so you give yourself this framework this is what i do these are the principles i follow but i'm not going to be so militant about it like this happens at this time this happens at this time and you've essentially taken a lot of the decision making out of your day because for lunch you have like a, a grilled piece of protein and salad what that salad looks like it doesn't matter Mm-hmm. Have what's there when it's there. Fat source, you're going to include it. It doesn't matter what it is. And I think this is where people really, really can be their own worst enemy because they they tread the line between intuitive eating. But when they call it intuitive eating, they're really saying eat whatever I want versus follow this meal plan and I try and find and walk the tightrope that's somewhere in the middle and from what you're describing there I believe that it's what you do too so there is a framework there but it's not an absolute it's not I I must follow this to the letter and I was smiling as well because it's so interesting you've said that I've started fasting too
0: as of the start
1: of January and absolutely love it like but I'm talking to like 2 p.m
0: okay wow okay so is that for the fasting benefits or is that
1: what you just said no decision okay. making around food in the morning yep and i find my cognitive function has just gone i'm so clear yeah in the right. a.m yeah nice pushing caffeine that little bit later training that little bit later and not eating till that afternoon window and I just find it so much better. Um it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about find that pattern of eating that works for you. For, for right sure. now, this seems to work well for me. And it sounds as though yours does uh yours does too. Um I'm conscious of time and I don't want to take up too much of your of your evening because I know it is evening your time. But I want to pick your brain on something that I have absolutely no expertise in. Absolutely okay. <laughs> none. And that is family life.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: you have the girls both 18 months and, and three yeah
0: yeah so they're
1: um there are obviously considerations and maybe i should have got your lovely wife esther on rather than <laughs> rather, um to ask around a lot of the barriers ladies will very often face when it comes to particularly young families is the the consideration around sleep mm-hmm. and is the consideration around obviously Kids apparently they don't work to a set routine. Apparently you can't <laughs> yeah. like turn them off or There's snooze no answer, them or yeah. mute them. You don't work to a routine. Um, I hear this. Um, when it comes to juggling this and your own goals, I mean, what what can you do? What are the what are the I don't know. What are the guidelines? What are the what advice would you give someone who's trying to navigate essentially new parenthood?
0: Okay. So this, this is probably a hard one for me to answer because like you say, like I'm from the male side, I'm very lucky that my wife is absolutely incredible. Um, she still works part time and she, like, I couldn't do what I do without her taking the majority of the lifting and work with the kids. Um, so yeah, credit to anyone who is doing anything, regardless of the role, regardless of where they are, regardless of if they're, you know, a stay at home mom or they're, you know, uh, CEO of a company or, you know, a director of a company, whatever it is, like it it takes a lot and it's probably not the right thing for me to, to talk about. But from my perspective, like the, the biggest hurdle, especially in that new month fee is, is, is not about time management. It's not about sleep. The biggest hurdle is that you've got this little bundle of joy and you've got to look after it. Right. And then what happens is you stop looking after yourself. And then you're always like, I've talked to ladies who uh, their kids are grown up and they're still not putting themselves first. I think you've got to, if you'd like to train before the baby came, if you like to have hobbies, you've got to find a way to get back to that. Whether it is asking your partner, hey, listen, I need to go and start the gym again. Like, when are you okay to have have the kids? Like, there's times where Esther, like the kids will be sleeping. Esther, be like, I'm going to go to the gym now. Is that okay? And I'll be like, yeah, I'm just working in the office here. That's fine it's like that conversation and it's working it out with like the it's a teamwork right like she does a lot of the heavy lifting but also then she knows that i'm around to help her with things as well but it's it's having that conversation because too many people um don't get back to doing the things for themselves quick enough and like i said in anything health physique based you've got to be a little bit selfish and like hormones and like environment and everything will start telling you that you're not as important as this other thing that comes into your life. So regardless of time, regardless of energy, regardless of sleep, it's actually that, that shift in your mindset of I'm not as important. Now. I, I like eat and regardless of whether your the mums on your, your show are back to work full time and they're, you know, they're juggling out. Like you're still probably like, it's still probably in the back of their mind that yeah the kids are more important, but, when you start to go back to looking after yourself and you start to build your health back, you have more energy for your kids. You've got more time for your kids. You've got more patience for your kids. These are all things that getting back into that routine will help with. And I find like, from my perspective, like I'm up at five o'clock, I'll work flat out probably until three o'clock, obviously with breaks and being a business owner, like obviously it's on me how much I want to work during the day I can book on a podcast I can do whatever depending on my mood and my schedule but I will literally work as much as as needed with a little short break for training and you know maybe I'm meeting here or there for lunch I'll work flat out till three o'clock but like on the days where my wife's working I've got to do the school pickups I've got to pick Evie up from daycare I've got to pick Mabel up from a different daycare so I'll say three o'clock is my cutoff. or like regardless again somebody wants to pay me a million bucks and it needs to be at 305 it's, they're not going to get that call worked in because on that day is like that's that's what I'm doing. That's my role, and that that's part of me. And it's a rule. It's nearly like a rule for myself. And everyone talks about you know how can we build these habits back in, but what's stronger than habits are rules? If you say that you know you don't eat meat, then it's not a it's not an issue to turn down a cheeseburger. You know, if if you say that you know I I'm not going to touch my phone at this time, and it's something I'm not preaching to the choir here. Like. We, I it's something I'm still working on. It's something I need to get better at. But I find my energy, my mood, my stress levels are better whenever I have that hard cut off of three o'clock to bedtime, which is literally right before I jumped in this call with you. That's like family time where I might tip into my phone a little bit, but it's like, okay, only if if I can, right? And it's 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 a hard thing to do, but if you put a time that that's that that time aside for for your gym for work, for family time, and you have very clear rules around that, you really don't need any habits because you're saying, it's a rule that I go to the gym at 6am. It's a rule that I get straight into the office, have my coffee and get straight cracking on with work. It's a rule that I finish at four o'clock and go to the gym or do my yoga class or get home and see the family, whatever those rules are in your life. It's easier to stick to, but you first got gotta if, if you've had, if you had a new baby, you have probably just got to get that feeling back of, hang on, I actually am important too, and by me doing this for me, I'll be a better mom to the kid, right? The baby.
1: I love it. I absolutely the the we're not building habits because we hammer on about that all the time, don't we? Habits, habits, habits. But actually, let's think of them as rules. Let's put mm-hmm. that in place. Let's be a little bit more ironclad about what we want because we understand that by meeting those uh those rules and by adhering to them that it actually maps to something bigger and it puts us in the direction of, of where we want to go i think the consequence what you said there about being really clear of what's important to you because there was a you pre-baby and it's really important to understand that there is a consequence to not doing that to be carrying down this uh, this road where you don't prioritize your health long term it's it's not going to set you up well and i think it's difficult for women to equate taking time for them to showing up better for their family i think that's yeah, sure. a really hard thing to 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 map together it sounds very converse that actually for you to be working on you is going to allow you to show up better but it's true. We all know the way we are to the people around us when our energy is low, when we've had a rubbish night's sleep, when we don't feel great within ourselves. That's the version of us that's going to snap. That's the version of us that has a short fuse that patience isn't potentially where we want it to, where we want it to be and I think we really need to make sure that we're Resetting as as quickly as possible. Easy for me to say. I have not had two children, <laughs> so I will um I'll leave that there. That's not my that's not my area of expertise. I want to say thank you so much for taking the time today. I really do appreciate, it. and I think a lot of what we've gone over is going to be incredibly valuable, Good. particularly for ladies who are making the transition between the aesthetic and potentially the next chapter should Mm -hmm. we call it when things start to when we do develop and I know I've pinpointed it as kind of 30s and, and 40s as a time of change which it is for most of us in in our lives but this could really happen at any time I think there's more education in the fitness space now most of it positive that has put more emphasis on health and performance and strength rather than I believe potentially when we were fresh faced it was very much how lean can you get as quickly as you can sure, and of course. that is there of course it always is going to be but i think with the growth of things like crossfit and hybrid athletes and really stepping away from this idea of you know skinny and we're now looking at strength and i think it's all positive and my hope would be that people reach this more mature way of thinking about fitness earlier much earlier yeah. than i did anyway um and even if you don't have kids, even a family life is not on the agenda for you, I think it's really important that you learn how to get a balance as well. The last question that I'll ask, and I have asked all of my guests, if you could remove one thing, whether it be a belief, a trend, we touched on them there, something within the the health and wellness space, what would it be and why?
0: Okay, um, I actually did a video on this. I don't think I've posted this recent uh, yet, um, but pedestals everyone like what for whatever reason you have these people who you follow and you know if if any of your listeners follow me after this please never put me on a pedestal because people follow these people whether it's kim kardashian um lebron james michael jordan david beck whoever it is and they put them on this pedestal like that person is a god the person is better than them and all you're going to do is keep comparing yourself to that person whether it's because of their money how they look Cars they drive, you know the bags they buy, whatever that is, and you're always gonna make yourself feel shit about it. So I would remove the pedestal in the, the 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 way it normally is, where somebody else is sitting on that damn chair. You need to get yourself on that pedestal because if you can't be your own cheerleader, then what what the fuck is the point in doing any of this mindset health work, everything else? If you're always gonna keep looking to somebody else and keep wishing you were you were them, like people will be looking at you and they'll be saying, I want to be like her, like as in like you're, you've got somebody up here, but people are looking at you saying, I want to be like that person. So if people just realize how good that they've got and that people would probably give their left arm to be in the position that they're in, look how they look or like have the lifestyle that they have, they'd, they'd realize, hang on, I'm actually my own superhero in this story and you need to just get rid of that pedestal.
1: I love that. I think it happens a lot. It happens. A lot. It's an inevitable part of human nature, isn't it? But I think it's gone sure. to a point when it's to our absolute de- detriment. So we do it so much now in so many areas and you could have different superheroes in different arenas, sure. whether it be business, whether it be physique, whatever it may be. I think we do that. We do it a lot and very seldom do we look in and say, well, actually, why don't I compare myself to me last year what was exactly. i doing this time last year what was i doing before um i certainly don't like to do that too much i like to look forward
0: that's it that's <laughs> and
1: it's hard to visualize the the future though isn't it? it's hard to visualize what you want for yourself if you don't allow yourself to believe that it's possible i think that's a very there's a definite trap people fall into
0: yeah i think so but like if you think about the typical talking about superheroes and that the typical hero's journey right it's you start somewhere in that pit of despair and you've got, you know, you hit the rock bottom. It always happen. it happened in Rocky. It happens in Star Wars. It happens in every Disney movie you've ever seen where there's a big struggle. And then what happens is you come out at the end and, you know, it's a fairy tale ending and, you know, I'm crying watching Frozen and all this, the things that happen, right? But it, it's, the same, it's the same arc, right? And it's the same thing with us. Even whenever you've got somebody on that pedestal and like, even when you're looking forward, you need to start realizing that In every hero's journey, there's going to be ups and downs. But along the way, that's what's going to get you to the fairy tale ending. And the fairy tale ending is whatever you want to do and whatever you do consistently enough to, to get it done, right? And everything that we've talked about in terms of the rules you've got, putting yourself first, that all comes into your hero's journey, getting people off these pedestals. That's all part of your journey, and you're going to have those ups and downs. But how you set up your day, how you set up your life, how you set up your mindset and your health is all going to lead to that end outcome. So even if you're thinking in forward rather than comparing to the past, remember that everyone's going through something, and it's a case of staying at it long enough. Like Rocky, how many times does Rocky get knocked down before he ends up you know, winning, winning the belt, right? It's, it's the exact same thing. Rocky even loses in the first fight, like they both end up in the hospital, right? <laughs> Until he ends up winning the belt in the second one, right? Everyone has these arcs, and everyone has these stories. And wherever whoever's listening to this right now, I mean, you sitting here, we're in the middle of our own bloody story, and we need to make ourselves the hero of it. So, if that's one thing that we can like get out of out of this whole thing, that that is what I would probably like like to leave the mark on whoever's listening.
1: Absolute gold. Right now, I feel like I'm at that point in the story. You know, when the montage is on, the music's playing, <laughs> something really, really motivational. That's where we're at. If you don't feel like you're there right now, get something on. The next time you're in the gym, put something on that uh, emulates that. Get it pumped up, and that's a really, really amazing way to close today's podcast. I want to say thank you again for your time. I realize that this is the this is the last call of the day, isn't it? You've got that rule yeah,
0: that you have to. Pick. I do. So,
1: we'll um we'll uh obey that rule thank you oren for your time if anyone wants to find out more about you if they want to contact you if they've got any questions where are the best places to find you
0: uh instagram is probably the easiest to go directly in touch linkedin as well my name is spelled kind of funny obviously it's probably in the the notes but my name is spelled uh, o-d-h-r-a-n mccory m-c-c-o-r-r-y you can get me on linkedin you can get me uh, on Instagram, like I said, or you can just email me at hello at orenmccorry.com and um, we'll get, get any questions answered or if you guys need to kick up the ass motivation and an extra dart, we can uh, maybe arrange uh, a, a second one down the line and we can touch base on how your story is developing with the podcast and how that your journey Hero's journey with the podcast is inspiring heaps of people. I'd love to jump back on and talk about that.
1: We'll need to do this. We'll put it in the diary and we'll come back and say, remember in January when we recorded <laughs> yeah. this? Where are we now? I love that. I will, of course, link all of your details in the show notes. Thank you so much for ty- your time and we'll touch base very soon.
0: Thank you, mate. Thank you for tuning into the Elite Executive Podcast with me, Oren McCurry. If you want to continue the conversation about anything in this episode, or if you have any questions around your own health as a busy executive, then the best place to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash executive health coach to find my profile. Once there, please send me a connection request, and I'm more than happy to discuss your personal scenario. But for now, have a great day, and I'll see you on the next one.